The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. Citizens of the nation, welcome back to On the Rag, a podcast for and about the mana of women. Call Alex Casey Aho, and I am joined, as always, in the spin off studio by my good friends Leonie Hayden and Michelle Court. Hello. We're really sorry about last month. I just want to get it all out there <laughs> on the table. I genuinely thought nobody would notice. <laughs> they noticed. They noticed. Um, oh, my chair's just gone down. See, even the bloody studio is angry with me. Um, we didn't do a podcast last month. No, we were overwhelmed. We were overwhelmed. All three of us. A lot of life, a lot of reasons. A lot of work, a lot of illness, a lot of stuff going on, and we just couldn't manage to get it together. So I sincerely apologise for that. We should have said something, <laughs> but I, in a way I was like, you know, it's like when you don't text someone back and you want to know how long it takes them to message you. We weren't ghosting the whole community. We weren't yeah. <laughs> it was just overwhelmed. It was overwhelmed, but we're, we're back now and we were, we're also shooting a lot of our web series and things like that last month, but I feel like we're sort of back on top of things. Yeah, I think so. We're getting into a, a groove now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Tell me what it's like. <laughs> um, before we go any further, we've got to say a big shout out to the Women's Bookshop. You know, we might have ducked out on you for July, but they didn't go anywhere. No, they They're were right still there. still there on Ponsonby Road. The best bookshop in the I world. I say in the world. Yeah. In right? the world. Of course. Of course. That's what Has been for 30 years. Yeah. Has been for 30 years. And will be for another 130. Yeah, exactly. Across the planet's still around. If the planet's here, yeah. it will be here. <laughs> uh, they are having a their big 30th birthday party. It's on the 5th of August at the ASB Waterfront Theatre. And it is a literary concert I extravaganza. It sounds truly incredible. We did give some tickets away already on our Facebook page. But I reckon you should go. Yeah. I feel like if you're thinking about I going, want to go, but I'm going to be away. But I want everybody to go and tell me about it because it sounds amazing. Yeah. I like it. I can't remember how much tickets are right now. I'm going to look it up. But they're not very much. They're not very much. I'm going to posit $30, but I could be wrong. That would be pretty sweet. (laughs) Um, Yes, if you're not in Auckland either, just check out the Women's Bookshop's 
website, www.thewomansbookshop.co.nz, and buy some books, you know? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't it's, you? They've got so many books in there, they sell them. That's, that's how that whole, that's the, the model for that business. And they're all good. They're yeah. curated by the fabulous Carol and her team. And they don't, there are no duds in there. No. Not a single and you dud. Can, they've got great like selections for kids as yeah, well. Yeah, they do. The if you want to know that you're gorgeous. going somewhere where you can find books for diverse cultures and genders and like how to tell your kids difficult stuff yeah. and just also just beautifully illustrated and written books. And I really like it that you can go on and go, I've got a 12 year old who's into this kind of thing. What have you? I had, I don't have a 12 year old, but I could say <laughs> you that. Could. I've got a niece who's 12. And they, and they go, what about this? And you go, yes, I'll have that. Thank you. Uh, yes. The tickets are $37. Yay. So close. I don't know what that seven dollars is up to. It's, but. Probably, it's probably a booking fee. I don't know. Yeah, it's still a bargain. It is, you know, for a literary concert. Anything under forty bucks is a good night out. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, thank you, to the Women's Bookshop. We've also got a a little community, a little community page, a community group called On the Rag Twenty Four Seven. If you're not a member of that already, come and have a look. You know, it's a it's, we're, we're cracked like two thousand people in That's that group amazing. now. Yeah, um, and it's a place where People just sort of share articles they've liked, experiences they've had. A lot of it I've found, which I love, <laughs> it ranges from like incredibly sort of serious personal things um, to just someone going, does anyone else ask for two bags of corn chips on any New Zealand flights? <laughs> <laughs> there was an extraordinary thread. I think it maybe maybe in July. It was after our last podcast. So when was that? Three years ago. Um, <laughs> when I said that I wanted to hear happy abortion stories, and there was a beautiful thread um, of happy abortion stories. People saying, "I wouldn't have the children I have now if I hadn't had that abortion, or I wouldn't have this career." or I wouldn't have this relationship. Here are the good things that came out of me choosing not to be a parent at that time. And it was just so heartwarming. It was fantastic. Really cool. Mm. Yep. It's a lovely, lovely place. If you like joining things, let me tell you <laughs> about the spin-off members. Oh, that's a segue <laughs> for the ages. My chair's so. going down again. I got punished. <laughs> The goddesses are in charge of that chair, aren't they? Um, we have launched an exciting new initiative here at the spin-off where you can sign up to support us, ranging anything from a dollar mm-hmm. to 80 or yeah. more. Or more if you want. If you do the $80 sign-up, $80 for a year to support the spin-off members or to join the spin-off members, you're going to get the spin-off book, which features all of us. Great. Yep. In a big way. That's Individually and together. And together. Oh, amazing. There's almost a whole on the rag chapter in the spin-off book looking so back cool. at the first five years of this here website. And you get special emails. Get a tote bag. You get a tote bag. Love get... me a tote bag. Oh, God, I love a tote bag. Oh, yeah. And it's you know what? It's got a the handle on it. Perfect length. Yes, Not too it's taut. A good length. Not too taut. Sometimes yeah. you find it a little yeah, kind of especially if you're wearing a coat. coat. Yeah, yeah. 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 it's important. A, a good tote for a coat. <laughs> Spin-off <laughs> members. And also, it's about supporting great journalism. It's about right? great journalism. And also, you get to feedback directly to us as well. So it's not a paywall. You don't get content in return. You support us, but then you also get to shape the kinds of 
issues that we look at mm-hmm. and tell us if we're doing something wrong and we'll listen to you. No one else, mind. Don't listen to anybody People tell else. us all the time yeah. that we're doing yeah. stuff wrong. And oh you put your God. fingers in your ears and go, but la, if you're la, la, a, la, la, a la, la, la. member, <laughs> we will listen to you. This is good. This is good. Yeah. I might have to sign up. Shall I do that? Do it. It's an annual thing, right? You like you you buy it, it can be. Yep. Yeah. It can be. You can kind of sh- build your own adventure really. Yeah. Great. If you give us a dollar once, you become a spin-off member. You Great. know we want it we want it to feel like everyone's 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 a part of this big happy God damn it, I'm going to do it. And then you can do a whole bunch of surveys and stuff and tell us everything that we're doing wrong. Yeah. And we'll have to listen. I could just send you emails <laughs> just so going, "Hi, how you doing? What are you wearing?" Oh dear. <laughs> All right. That was a good plug, I take you. Keep it brief, she said. Keep it succinct. (laughs) (laughs) Coming up on this podcast, we're going to look at renaming a certain basin reserve Mm. somewhere in Wellington. Brian Tumbake is going to tell us again that we're going all to hell and we have an important discussion about peeing in space. But let's talk about our web series first, I think. Yeah. I think it's good to kind of recap where we've been, where we're going. I think... Our last two episodes that would have gone out were being online and aging that yeah. we probably haven't had the opportunity to talk about. We had Hilary Barry. We did in the studio with her thighs and her amazing stories of what life is like for her on screen. And her and her and her ass. She wobbled <laughs> her ass in my face. <laughs> it was pretty special. I didn't think that was gonna happen. It didn't can't really plan for something like Please that. No, it was on find, improv. Try and find the gif, if we put it online, <laughs> yeah. of Hillary shaking her ass in Alex's face and then Alex pulling this really great, I'm not impressed face. Like, how, how dare you, Hillary Barrett? How dare you? I didn't know. I didn't really know what to do in that moment. In that moment. It's not something you're prepared for, is it? Mm-mm. Not really. It's not, not really. it's not a subject that comes up in etiquette <laughs> class at high school. Yeah. What else did we talk about in aging? We I took my face to a plastic surgeon. You did. Yeah. You did. Yeah. And said, What could you do with this? And she she had a lot of suggestions. She did. But they were also fairly like you could do it or you could not. Yeah. I walked away feeling pretty Comfortable. I wasn't. I'm not doing any of it. Yeah. 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 No. Scalpels don't do it for me. I'm not up Ooh. for that. And yeah. Yeah. Don't but it was really that. interesting, and she had some um, great things to say about uh, why women um, don't want to look like they are at the age that they are, and mm. how maybe we should. I mean, my big takeaway from it was, she said. You could do this and have fillers here and lift that and get some fat out of there and stick it in there. And, and you know what you'll look like? You've, you'll look like you've had a really great holiday. And I thought, you know, fuck it. I think I might just have a really great holiday. Yeah. So I'm going to do that. Some, yeah. some sleep. Yeah. 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 Great night's sleep. Yeah. And Leonie, you sat down with the incredible Dame. I did. I sat down with Dame Rangi Marie Nader-Glavish, a.k.a. my Auntie Nader, who is... Just a really great person. Yeah, really. And it was what we ended up showing in the episode was just a few minutes of what ended up being sort of an hour and a half of her <laughs> telling me her entire life story, which I know a lot of, but there were actually details in there that um, were really lovely to hear because she sort of talked a lot about um, the way they lived when she was a child. Like I knew where she grew up. You know, she she grew up basically where she still lives in, on the Kaipara Harbour. Um, but she talked a lot about how their lives were ruled by the maramataka, the Māori lunar calendar, and how as children they knew what certain bird song meant in relation to what you were meant to plant. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, when something yellow bloomed in the bush, that meant something yellow in the sea was ready to be harvested. Wow. So in the wow. Pohosakawa flowers, that means you could go and get the crayfish and like all these sort of like amazing like details that were like I have talked to a lot of people about Rungwa Māori and Māori medicine, but there are people who have studied it. Mm. But this was actually the first time I recall sitting down and talking to someone who, for whom that was just life. Yeah. Wow. And so it was just such a like an easy way of absorbing knowledge, and it was really it was a really lovely place to just sit and listen. Yeah. to that yeah. kind of stuff. It's a beautiful interview. Yeah. She's so what we ended gorgeous. up chatting together was still really awesome, yeah. and she's very wise, and yeah. she's proud of all of her wrinkles. Yeah. She's yes. done a lot in her life. She's been a, you know, a tireless campaigner for Te Reo and for education and for Māori health. She's still doing it. Mm. She won't actually tell me exactly how old she is. Oh, really? Yeah. But she's well into her 70s. She might be in her early 80s. Isn't yeah. that amazing? And so we couldn't even, like, nail her down to sit down <laughs> with me for a chat for nearly a month because that's how stacked her schedule is. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Anyway, that's really cool. You gotta keep going. So you can watch all of that now on YouTube on the Spin Off YouTube. Not now. Stay listening. Well, to yeah, this. Well, yeah. But currently, put it in your calendar for later <laughs> on our YouTube channel. Click subscribe. God, I feel like we're doing a lot of plugging. I feel like we're doing a lot of plugging today. It's all right. It's fine. We've been away for a month. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to do. And our next episode, fingers crossed, is going to be about abortion in New Zealand. Um, as it seems like the law reform is sort of gaining a lot of momentum. There's a draft bill in front of the right people. And um, guess who's got another searing hot take on it is Mr. Brian Tamaki. Oh, my, really? Yeah. Who took to his Twitter account, which is normally just littered with pictures of kind of horses and fancy he Italian leather shoes, um, <laughs> to blame abortion on demonic forces, mm. quote unquote, calling the medical procedure Satan's attempt to kill God in effigy <laughs> and... Premeditated oh, murder. I really like the petri dish with the little tiny plastic babies in it. Cause, oh yeah. Because that I could, when like I first looked at it, because medically it, accurate. Yes, yeah, so accurate. I didn't have my glasses, and I thought they were like um, <laughs> sort of crunchy sperm, um, but they weren't. They were little tiny wee babies in a petri dish, which is not actually what. <laughs> right. And I loved his idea that that abortion is um, what do you call it? A postmodernist. Um, uh, feminist, I don't know. Look, we have a proud history of abortion, I think it's worth remembering, that goes back to the dawn of time. People have been, um, who have been pregnant and haven't wanted to be pregnant, have been finding ways to abort mm-hmm. uh, a fetus for thousands of years. Um, and the only difference now is that we can do it um, medically and safely without risking the the pregnant person's life. Mm. So, um, fuck you. <laughs> get some kind of understanding of history yeah. would be great, Brian. Can I read you my favourite response to Brian yes, Tamaki's please, please. <coughs> calling it whatever pagan sacrifice? Someone calling herself Mike Pence's first wife Lilith on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I already love her. Replied to him, I'm so tired of fake pagans coming to the bonfire with a doctor's note saying they had an abortion. It's a low effort and honestly insulting to those of us who had to drown sturdy toddlers. <laughs> We salute you, Lilith. Oh that's oh, just A plus 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 sarcasm there. The lack, of, the lack of science and understanding. He also suggested that uh, women who have abortions use the 
the product of that abortion and turn it into cosmetics to make them look pretty, which is a piece of bullshit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But the harvesting fetuses conspiracy is amazing. What? Which is is bullshit. (laughs) There there is one example of a couple who had uh, a, a, a stillborn who... Um, uh, donated the, the the fetus to science and uh, a tiny piece of skin tissue was used to, which is actually how the polio mm-hmm. vaccine was yeah. first uh, right. developed and as I think well. they've done so, stem cell research yeah. Yeah. as well, which is, you uh-huh. know, Same. to cure all kinds of diseases and help people Correct. walk again. And yeah. It's not it's not like a nefarious conspiracy. It's, I just, it's medical science. The framing that women are so shallow and superficial and... And selfish and cold is to kill unborn babies and making rabbit ears in my yeah. in, in the ear, mm-hmm. um, so, so they can look pretty. Is just that's it tells you everything about his attitude towards a, a whole group of people. So, yeah, yeah, the like thing, him. another thing that freaked me out this month is like because we know we've talked at length about. Brian Tamaki <laughs> on this podcast. We know his stance. We know his vibe. Something that I hadn't really known much about until a couple of weeks ago was the presence of conscientious objector doctors right. to abortion mm. in this country. Um, I interviewed a woman, Angela Ballantyne, from the University of Otago, who was part of um, an article that they published in the New Zealand Medical Journal this month about the harm that's being caused to pregnant people by conscientious objecting doctors because they currently are not obliged to refer them on if they don't agree with abortion. So there's all these women getting kind of, or sorry, there's all these pregnant people getting lost in the system, yeah. in a very confusing system, especially if you're rural, especially if you're in a marginalised group. And they've now got the research to suggest that it's actually kind of impinging on that their, their process and their rights to have that abortion. And I was just really shocked by it. There's no way of knowing how many conscious, conscientious objecting objectors there are in this country either because it's all kind of behind closed doors. And they're not on a register. And the thing that kills me is that they're not required to, if they say, no, I'm not going to refer you for an abortion, they are not required to then pass you on to somebody else. You just, you've hit a wall. And if Mm. you live rurally or if poverty is an issue, paying visits for visits to doctors is an issue, that might be the end of your line. Yeah. It's... It's pretty terrifying to think about. Yeah, I thought that they had to. Yeah, I thought they had to refer you. That sucks. It definitely sucks. Yeah. So they're kind of calling for the government when you know everyone's talking about abortion law reform to also maybe consider restricting the rights of conscientious objectors um, because now it's a little too broad and they can actually just go mm. nah and this is the end of the line yeah. and there's nothing else. I also heard anecdotally there are stories of doctors who object. But we'll say I'll refer you on and refer you to another doctor who they know full well. Also, also object. Sneaky tactics. Yeah, it's just so cruel. It's it's so cruel and it's evil. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it reminds. I mean, I thought the days were over. I remember in the sixties when the oral contraceptive was invented that there were Catholic doctors who refused to prescribe it, and um, I mean that seemed outrageous then. And you kind of think, well, we're past that. Mm. But this Surely. is this is the same thing, still mm. carrying on. And we didn't know. But I had no idea about this until you told me. So yeah, it's wild, eh? Yes, but we're going to cover this at length and so much more in the next episode of On the Rag.
We had Dame Margaret Sparrow. Oh my god! In the studio, and she amazing. So I love cool. Her. So that's keep an eye out for that in a couple of weeks. We're very excited about it. Another another positive uh, bit of law reform that that came out in at the start of July was a sort of bunch of new um, changes to the way that sexual violence cases go through the courts and survivors' rights to kind of testify. Yeah. But, or, sorry, give evidence via video link and a whole bunch of other things that will make the process easier and with less chance of re-victimising. Yeah, right. it's really great. So uh, people will be able to give evidence via video link rather than being in the same room as the alleged perpetrator. Uh, and if there's a retrial, they will have recorded that evidence. So you might not, if there was another trial, you may not have to give evidence again. They will just play the video that had been recorded from an oh, earlier trial. Mm. Um, and also they're talking about judges being much more um, uh, proactive about stopping lawyers from asking questions about the victim's sexual history. You're not allowed to know about the sexual history of the perpetrator because that may involve um, previous convictions or previous allegations and that would cause a mistrial. But at the moment you're allowed to ask the victim, anything you like about mm. about her. Well, that's or not their fair. Uh, not entirely. Doesn't seem so. <laughs> so yeah, and Have you raped someone before? Irrelevant. Yes. But what was she wearing? Yes, yeah. and had, was she a virgin yeah. before this? So yeah, so it's really good, and that's um, yay Jan Logie and mm. and all the other people who have been working so hard on. On making that a better process, because they know how many victims of sexual assault uh, don't report, because yeah. they know that the system is um, re-victimising. Mm. I've actually been speaking with a woman who's been through the most drawn-out, excruciating sexual assault case, like over years and years and years, and she's been telling me about all these things. So this has kind of happened in the course of me talking to her, and there were so many things that I had never even considered that. Even the structures of the buildings work to make victims feel small and that they, you know, they have to go in the same entrance. When they go through the courts and they go through security, there's a very good chance they're going to be in line with, you know, the person who hurt them. And there's no other entrances. There's nothing, you know, there's like these real kind of structural things Mm. that I just, you'd never even think about. So that was another little detail that... um, I'm not sure if it was in this story, but Jan Logie mentioned when she sort of did the press stand up that they're also just even going to look at simple things like redecorating I mean, the waiting cool. rooms, the waiting rooms where the survivors kind of sit and wait to give evidence if they are going to court and just soften it a bit. And yeah. Make it nice. And I was just like, I don't know. It feels so <laughs> nice, you know? Yeah. It feels See, like it's, tangentially, these are the sorts of things that there are, um, well, there's one main um, women's urban design and planning and architecture group. But these are the sorts of things yeah, that yeah. those kinds of groups talk about because yeah. a woman architect would have thought about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like, mm, courthouse, yeah. potential perpetrators, victims meeting together as they enter. How about we try and, you know. Yes, yeah. totally. Put a, another lounge on the other side. Yeah. yeah. Do two doors. Do the, yeah. Yeah. But it's a positive step, at least. Good. Great. Um, and it's been a long time coming. Shall we talk about our cool tips of the month? Have we got anything to share that's made our lives a little easier in July? Mine's like a long game okay. tip. And Love it's it. like kind of like lame. 
as a tip, but I've started doing it and I, I feel like, oh, this is actually one of those things that is going to be cool and long. Anyway, we, I feel like more and more people are like SPF sunscreen every single day. That's becoming like the norm, regardless of whether you wear makeup or whatever. The sun is out here just trying to like ruin us and give us skin cancer and everything. Mm. So lots and lots more people I know wearing sunscreen during winter, day in, day out. And someone the other day simply said to me, oh, and then before you've rubbed it all in, just put the, ex- the excess on the back of your hands. Because your hands get all like fried and crinkly and yep. wrinkly. And I was just like, oh my God, I never thought of that. Yeah. Wow. So now I do that with like literally all of my skincare and my SPF. Yes, wipe it on the back of your hands. It's all Look going on the hands. back of the hands, yeah. so they're going to stay preserved and cre- creepy baby hands for the yeah. rest of my life. Yeah, <laughs> like a, a Kristen Wiig and Saturday Night Live. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I know. It's, it's not a like a mind-blowing tip, but I was like, this could make a difference in my life at some point. Yeah. I am all for that. I yeah. think it's great. I still haven't launched into the sunblock game. <laughs> So important. I've got an SPF. And you're younger, you're younger enough. So that you, oh, no, 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 no. Go Korean. <laughs> Go Korean. The they have like different. these lovely light gels and they're like SPF 100 because wow. they, they love SPF. So I've got an SPF uh, 20 in my moisturizer. So I'm figuring that that's got me covered for winter. In summer, I do a, a separate sunscreen as well. Yeah. But an SPF 20 in my moisturizer mm. should be working, shouldn't it? Yeah, I would have thought so. Mm. Just something. Get it on I know. Your yeah, back of my hands. Our son, our son is a dick. Yeah. Our son is such a dick. <laughs> should I tell you what I've been doing with my brain? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Love to hear so, so the point of meditation, right? So I'm a bit crazy at the moment. And the point of meditation is to stop you, well, it's to give your your brain, your mind a rest, a little, a little period of calm and relaxation. And you can't do a full 10-minute meditation standing in a queue at the supermarket. But I have developed my own little meditation technique where, because my brain is very noisy right now and I just need it to shut up. So I'm using the NATO phonetic alphabet. I know, I know, I know. So I've I've always wanted to be able to look at a letter and know what the word is that they, you know, the the call sign that they use. I heard you using it on the phone the other day. Yes, yes. (laughs) Well, see, the other thing is that I'm constantly making phone calls about uh, my mother's accounts and what's her customer number and and I'm going, M for monkey. (laughs) So now I've got, I've learnt the whole alphabet Um, and it just calms me down because you can't think of anything else when you're doing yeah, cool. Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, Echo, blah, blah. Um, so, and I go through the whole alphabet, which is actually quite hard because you have to remember the way the alphabet goes yeah. as well. But then if I'm just, um, I can hear, hear my brain getting too noisy and thinking about things I don't want it to think about, I'll just look around the room and find things printed and tell them to myself, not necessarily out loud, yeah. in the NATO phonetic alphabet. So on the rag is, let me look at, I've written on the rag here, down here, so it is um, Oscar November Tango Hotel Echo Romeo Alpha Golf. Whoa. And while you're doing that, you can't think about anything else. You're it just calms a, me down. a military ops person now. Yeah. It's pretty cool, eh? Yeah, yeah. that is really cool. My dad is an army guy and used to yell stuff at me and my mum and that <laughs> all the time. 
Um, but I, I don't know it. I don't know the whole thing. It's not. It is. It's only taken me a few days to learn it. So, and I quite like. I keep saying to my partner now. I keep going. Uh, whiskey Tango Foxtrot, <laughs> which is really fun. It's also a very good movie starring Tina Fey right. about um, military journalists. Yeah. Ah, oh, well, there you go. It's a great yeah. film. Yeah. That is a great That's cool, tip. It's I'm like a, bit a good <laughs> length of time and difficulty mm-hmm. level mm-hmm. to take you out of your brain yep. without mm. getting it distracted resets. by something else. I love it. I'm going to do that. Do it. Do it. Because uh, I do donut sleep. So I wake up in the middle, middle of the night between about four o'clock and six o'clock and then go back to sleep again. Um, and I'm finding that I'm reducing that length of time from two hours to more like half an hour now because I just lie there and do the alphabet phonetically. And yeah, and it, I, it calms me down. I feel like you could wow. tour the world sharing the strategy with Should people. Should I turn this into a TED talk? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> a TED talk is a Tango <laughs> Echo <laughs> Delta, Tango Alpha Lima Kilo. There you go. That is a phenomenal tip. I love it. I have I nothing useful. I just have more of a observational humour, really. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually because I've been watching the project this week, and you'll know about this because you talked about it last night. This, <laughs> there was like someone shared a video. They set up a camera of um, and filmed themselves sleeping. Yes. Inclu- and it basically transpired that their cat was sleeping on their head. They thought they had breathing problems, um, but their cat was sleeping on their head, <laughs> nose, and mouth <laughs> all night. Um, and then people started sending in all their funny funny clips and, and photos of how their cats sleep. And then in the middle of the night last night, I woke up at about 3 a.m. and my cat Zelda was lying between us. And not not vertically like we were. She was horizontal. So she was taking up, you know, a yes. good half of the bed mm-hmm. for a tiny body, but <laughs> lying that way. And I was like, you know what? We always talk on this podcast and on the page and stuff about how we don't like to take up space, how we're scared, we like to shrink ourselves. Just be more like Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> be a cat. Be, be a, a cat. cat. Yeah. That's so yeah. good, eh? That's shit. great advice. Cats About where have got go. life nailed, man. They, they really, really do. Have. And they're really good at yoga. Yeah. So good flexible. At yoga. That's yeah. got to be good for you as well. Mm. Yeah. They, and they've got the whole world organised to bring them food, and when they feel like it, they'll go and get their own. Yeah. They know they're where naked. the neighbours are. Unapology that they're naked at all times. I don't care what they wear. <laughs> But yeah, just even if they could up. talk, they still wouldn't apologize for anything. Oh, god, no, no. yeah, like no. the non apology is not because they're not verbal, no, yeah. it's because they just don't, <laughs> they're not sorry, want to. Yeah, they they're are not sorry about nothing. Yeah, <laughs> Zelda actually once just walked in and she was kind of wearing my underpants. <laughs> she loves to pull the washing down off our clothes horse thing, and she had like got herself through it via one of the legs and walked through and it had shifted down her body so it was over just the right part of her. And she just walked in and I was like, excuse me? <laughs> she didn't give a shit, you know? She's just trying out something new and I respect that. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, just be oh, like a cat. <laughs> there was something me. else. <laughs> there was another quite interesting thread um, that was posted in the On The Rag group where a woman was talking about how she sort of realised uh, that she doesn't really manage or know as much about the finances in her house as her male partner did. And she sort of set herself a challenge to... Um, better educate herself Mm. and get more involved. And then it started this whole thread of of people sort of challenging themselves to take on the traditional, like, male something in their household. And it got me thinking a lot about that. And I was wondering if there was anything that, like, 
you would want to take mm. on or try that you don't know how to do. Because there's lo- like, I suddenly realized I was like, gas bottle, get it away from me. No idea. What, if, if, if I need, need to put that, yeah, oh, anything. Oh, okay. I can't yeah. pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it can be quite heavy. If, if I put that in a, I don't know how to put it on a barbecue, I don't know how to fill it up. Yeah. I've got one. You don't really have to fill them up yourself. You take them to somewhere and they fill it up for you or they swap, yeah. swap your mm, bottle yeah. for See, a full one. Yeah. But yeah, there was just a whole list of it. And it made me feel a lot better mm. about not knowing things, but also made me go, interesting, yeah. another woman <laughs> taught herself how to chop wood, like inspired by the three mm. of them, was, <laughs> posted this amazing pile of wood, being like, I am Ozymandias, <laughs> <laughs> wood chopper extraordinaire. <laughs> Look at my kindling. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I don't know. There I mean, there's lots of things, things I don't know how to do that I would like to do, and they're not, yeah. but they're not necessarily things that the man in my life knows how to do. Yeah, same. same. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't know how to do electrical things or mechanical things, but neither does Jeremy, so yeah, we're true. both hopeless. I don't know how he does his roast potatoes so well. They're always better than mine, but I can't think of anything else. So no. I mean, my partner loves to look up car repairs on YouTube and do those himself. Mm. But 100% of his car repairs have ended in him having to take it to an actual mechanic. <laughs> so I can guarantee I can do that as well as yeah. he can. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it's it. It's cool, though. But, yeah, I, no, um, Mad was talking a while back about um, approaching different places, like placemakers and things, for um, classes just for women, but led by women yes. on how to do stuff with your car or around the house DIY stuff. Because she, I think she went to one that was ostensibly meant to be that, but all they did was like paint stuff, okay, or something. Because it's like this is crafts. M- this isn't DIY. Do a DIY night for women. Um, but I've never been to one, yeah. So maybe that was what she went to. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Maybe they were. But I think she said that sort of they had all these like pre-cut out bird house parts that, oh. that you just sort of stick together and paint. And she's like, that's no. not really what I care right. about. It's um, not changing Yeah, I, I, I want car stuff. That's what I want. I want to yeah. know how to... I've reached a point where I don't want to learn stuff I don't know. <laughs> 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 I'm really good at finding tradespeople who can come and do things. That's, mm, that's, my, that's my jam. Yeah. But but I also understand that um, that terror that kind of terror that you have that there's something in your house like a gas bottle that is important and mm. you it's a mystery oh, to you absolute mystery back in a trailer that's the one yeah, oh, yeah. that is the the that's like the Justine on my Smith list. should do classes she's oh, really yeah, good at so it yeah. yeah she should she we should get her to do some classes yeah oh, we should start it on the reg school eh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like a, a finishing school for yeah. girls, but you learn how to back a trailer and. Yeah. yeah. yeah change a washer on a tap. I don't know how to change a washer, I do but karate. I, I know how to find I a do plumber. Karate. That's the main thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we talk about. Well, there's something that's come to the forefront of kind of national attention this month, mm. but has not necessarily. It's not necessarily a new story by any stretch, which is. The action that has been happening out at Ehimatau, and I know that, Leona, you've spent a lot of time out there. It looks to me, as someone who, I'm ashamed to admit, has had a real kind of, has been caught up on it this month and didn't know very much about it prior to that. But it looks like there's so many just amazing women out Ooh, there yeah. leading the charge, and I wondered if you wanted to what is like about them. Uh, every major Māori protest action we've 
had so far. It's been led by women. Mm. Don't get me wrong, there's heaps of incredible Tane involved. But Pioneer Newton is sort of like the mouthpiece, I guess, for Seoul, which is the organisation at the centre of it. Um, and they've been doing this for four years now. So, yeah, like you say, it's not new, um, but it's just sort of finally come to the forefront of the news cycle. It's weird for me because it's it's a story, because I, I wrote a, a story about it for New Zealand Geographic two years ago, um, and that was after a couple of years of being aware of it. Um, one of the core soul members, Kiane Matata Sipu, um, was my sort of right-hand woman at Mana magazine when I worked there, and she was raised in Ihumata and lived there her whole life. So I knew it existed, and then when the Fletcher's thing happened, or actually, no, before that, when the area was rezoned um, as a special housing area, um, it became like a big deal to her, and then sort of spread out, and they were on this like amazing mission to, to let people know. So even two years after that, in 2017, I was like, surely everyone knows about this already. Like, I'm just repeating stuff that people have said already in this New Zealand Geographic story. Everyone must know about this. But, and I myself was constantly talking about it, it felt like, but then I was still coming up against people who had no, never heard of it, mm. didn't know where it was, didn't know it was a part of Auckland, let alone its amazing history, let alone the fight that they were having with the council, the government, and then Fletcher Housing after they bought the land. And so now in 2019, I'm just like, oh, finally. <laughs> it's amazing how hard it is to tell, to get a story out there. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Five, nearly five years it's taken these guys who have been fighting the fight of their lives since day one, mm-hmm. five years ago, mm-hmm. for the country to actually pay attention. They have delivered countless petitions to council, to parliament. They put them in front of the last government. They put them in front of the current government. And this is what it took. And they've even said the entire time, if you all don't listen to us, if the bulldozers come, we're we're chaining ourselves to the land, that's going to happen. And Mm. no one took them seriously. At least no one cared or... I don't think anyone thought they were going to follow through. Mm. But, yeah, so Seoul is a core... The core of Seoul was made up of six cousins from Ihumata, who Whakapapa to Ihumata, to Makoto Marae, and to Te Amaki and Waikato Tainui. There's three mana whenua groups sort of in the area. Um, and then the rest of Seoul is supporters, it's family, it's residents, it's other activists and just supporters from all around the country who believe in what they're doing. And then they've been positioned sort of against their iwi because officially Te Amaki, who is... Mana were exactly there on that building spot. Early on in discussions with Fletchers, they went into uh, mitigation mode. They were like, cool, you're going to do this anyway, so we want this, this and this. Fletchers made compromises that are not compromises. They were like, we'll give you back the toe of your ancestral maunga, which also happens to be a spot that they cannot build on because it's basically all lava flow underneath. And they were like, we'll also give you this giant buffer zone um, as like an ecological like buffer zone between the uh, the stone reserves and the housing project. Also can't build anywhere on that buffer zone because it's kind of swampy. Mm. You know, so they are out so here no saying sacrifice that, from No them. sacrifice yeah. whatsoever. Mm. So the compromises that the iwi have accepted are not compromises and they're not, you know, 
there was sort of also a, a small contingency of housing that was meant to be um, affordable so that mana whenua can come home and buy houses there and live there in the papakainga. And I'm not entirely sure, like, 800 grand is that affordable, oh my God. you know? Yeah. That's not affordable housing, no. but that's sort of like, they were like, it'll be market value or slightly less. Anyway, so it's it's complicated. It's It's been going on for a while, and it's multi-layered in its complexity because there are uh, rifts inside of iwi, but the most impressive thing has been Pania Newton mm-hmm. and her supporters behind her, a lot of whom are whānau and come from there, have just kept their focus so clear. You know, mm. it's about protecting the land. There's a lot of people out here trying to talk shit, trying to accuse them of having different agendas. And she's just been clear all the way through. She's an incredible orator. She is, mm. isn't she? She's very she's inspiring. Amazing. Like, she's always <coughs> says the right thing to, to you know, to help buoy the mood. Because, you know, you sort of, when you're out there in the, on the land and talking about shit and there's police everywhere and the weather hits, mm. you actually genuinely do need someone to like yeah. give an inspiring speech yeah. to keep mm. you head in the game, and mm. she does it. Yeah, and she she had no signs of flagging enthusiasm, but she's basically got no voice left, and she's still out there on the megaphone and wow. in front of the microphone. Mm. Anyway, she's totally amazing, mm. and I think she will be remembered by history. Yeah. You know, she's mm. so young and she's got heaps more work to do and whatever that looks like because she's also, you know, a lawyer. And But um, for this this moment, she'll be remembered in the same way that Fina Cooper was remembered for the land march yeah. and Eva Rickard and all of those women. She's really young, isn't she? Or is she's that really just young. the tone of her voice? She's, she's really young. a beautiful voice. I know yeah. it's cracking, but yeah. I just, I lo- every time I hear her <laughs> talk, she, she calms me. Yeah. You know, she's so solid in her understanding, knowledge, belief, yeah. and passion, that you go, oh, yeah, I'll do whatever you want. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, absolutely. And it's it's really killer when you see her. So on Sunday, she um, did Mud Eye on Sunday morning, the TV show, and they actually got her to sit opposite uh, Te Warina Tawa, who is the head of Te Kawaro Amaki, who is on the Fletcher side mm-hmm. and wants the development to go ahead, or so he says. And it's very confusing. So they sort of got them together to sort of duke it out or whatever. And he, I don't know, I don't I don't think he acquitted himself very well. He was sort of a little bit all over the place and sort of demanding to know why they weren't protesting other parts of the, the neighbourhood that had been built on and, like, why this and not that. And um, it was... It was very accusatory and defensive, um, and she she barely addressed anything he said that wasn't to do with the land, do you know what I mean? Mm. And so she just sort of calmly mm. let him say his piece, and then in that lovely lilting manner of hers, she just took, every, she always went back to the land about protecting the land, about their legacy, about their whakapapa, mm. and it was just so glorious seeing this amazingly self-assured, smart, well-spoken woman just deliver her message with like a flustered middle-aged man mm-hmm, sort of mm-hmm. accusing her of stuff and just not being able to penetrate. Yeah, yeah. And there's other, like, you know, Shane Jones is out here the other day sort of accusing the supporters of wearing yoga pants or whatever it was. <laughs> so weird. It was it's such so a weird. bizarre. Yeah. And the, <laughs> you know, undermining. Winston the... Peters has also sort of said, uh, they've sort of got it in, in their heads that, there's all these other people with different agendas sort of yelling their agendas into the void. 
because they want to be on Ihumata or Fenua on Instagram. And might that might be true to a point. I mean, I saw a lot of people taking selfies all week, but the message has always come through Seoul and through Pania. They've been on message the entire time. There's literally no no other agenda being pushed by a single goddamn person in the media mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or anywhere other than we're here to protect this land. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's driving men crazy. Like, they can't handle... The assuredness of the campaign, of the people in charge, because they're so young, they're predominantly women, um, and I just think these men just think there must be more to it. Like, surely you want you want to be a politician. Shane Jones also accused yeah. Pani and Newton of out here, but like, angling really? for a job in politics. Yeah. So there must be an agenda, because yeah. to those men, that's what leadership looks like. Yeah. Well, that's their, been their agenda, right? Yeah, exactly. Find a cause, get a profile, get into parliament. So really you're there for the ego, for the yeah. pay packet, mm-hmm. for the politics. The idea that you could want to lead people because you care about the land and the people yeah. is like a bit foreign. Yeah. So they're just sort of looking at the pictures and the fact that the other cool thing is because they're using digital communication so effectively to mobilise supporters that that to them as well, because they're old and don't really understand <laughs> social media, just looks like yeah. people taking photos. Yeah. yeah. You know, they don't understand the tools that are actually yeah. been really effectively used to yeah. communicate a message. And Shane Jones, I think it's fair to say, does not understand yoga pants. No. So, also, there's a lot he doesn't comfortable. get. They're comfortable. Great for hooning around the fenway. You've got your gumboots <laughs> yeah, and your yoga pants they on. They really well. It's not even terrain out there. Hello, it's a stone field. <laughs> you need something you can move around in. I didn't know there was a dress code for protecting land. Anyway, so. I could talk about Ihumata yeah. all day. That's I could great. do it, oh, its own podcast series. Phenomenal. There's, really good. there's so much involved, but. I think yeah. it's safe to say Apania Newton is big time killed a queen. She really is. is. This month in fact, all, all, <laughs> all people in yoga pants. But yes, yeah. but particularly <laughs> yeah. Apania. Wear your comfortable clothes and change the world, yep. everybody. Yes, please. That's your campaign slogan. <laughs> I love it. Sounds like you're trying to get into politics now. <laughs> <laughs> Angling for a job in politics. Let's quickly plough through some sports news. Because <laughs> this is... Um, <laughs> this is <laughs> now sports. <laughs> While we're here, uh, one in eight men think they'd win a point against Serena, <laughs> Serena Williams. So that's cool. Wow. <laughs> One in eight men reckon. Do, we have, do we have eight men in our office? We do, don't we? Yeah. yeah. Is it? I wonder. I wonder who would think that they could score a point against Serena Williams. I'm guessing Simon. I'm Day. guessing Simon Day. Day. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Sai. It's so fucking funny, oh, isn't it's so it? So good. I a just... recent, it was a survey in the UK found that 12 percent of men were confident they could face up against a 23-time <laughs> Grand, Grand Slam winner <laughs> and <laughs> former world number one in a match and winner point it's against amazing. her. It's just amazing. That's kind of it. Just good to laugh about that. <laughs> just, I mean, it, this is a great new rule for life. Just whoever you are, mm. whatever gender mm. you are, live your life with the confidence <laughs> of a mediocre. of a man who thinks, with no tennis background, who yeah. thinks he can score a point against Serena Williams. And you'll a be man fine. man doing a survey. Like, not <laughs> yeah. even like... I loved it. In the response, somebody said that they quite like to turn this into a TV series. Regular cocky dude versus woman who is expert in her field. <laughs> Oh my god, that would be amazing. Oh, but you know it. that people would just accuse the editing of leaving out all the men yeah. who succeeded. True. Sure, yeah. Even yeah. if there weren't any. It's, it's rigged. Unbelievable. Yeah. unbelievable. It's just <gasps> hilarious. There's also another 
I mean, a kind of, <laughs> I feel bad. I find this kind of funny. I know that it's like from a good place and it's for a good cause, <laughs> but the suggested name change in Wellington to change the Basin Reserve to the Support Women Sport Basin Reserve. It was supposed uh, to be, do you think it was, uh, it should have been funnier. It should have been Bitches play good sport too, yeah. Basin Reserve. It should pay the been, gals, Basin yeah. Reserve. Or just named after an amazing... Or an amazing human. Women yeah. athlete, yeah. maybe. That would be yeah. great. That yeah. would be really good. I, yeah, I, I don't want to, like, shit on the good intentions behind no. this. And I, I mean, this news is a little while ago now, so I don't know where they even got with it, but I... I'm not that. I'm not a fan. No, I'm not a fan. It's <laughs> no. a terrible name. Who's going to pop down to the Support Women's Sport, Sport Basin Reserve? <laughs> Nobody's going to do that. Yeah. I go down to the Farrah Palmer Basin Reserve. Yeah, or the Yvette Williams Basin Reserve. Or maybe you could just put $100,000 into women's sports. That would be nice. Or maybe, you that know, like split nice. it up for, amongst the Silver Ferns who won a World <laughs> Cup and didn't get any prize money as opposed to the black caps who came <coughs> second and got fucking three million. Boo. Boo. I don't know. But yeah, like maybe it was maybe it's maybe it's guerrilla marketing, you know? Yeah. They've got everyone talking about it. Sure. They've got everyone and now I think that's what it is. We're thinking about I it. I just think they should have um, talked got some better advice on something hilarious to right. really make the We point. might be missing something. I don't know. Maybe we're missing <laughs> Yeah, like you said, they got everyone talking Mm. I don't want to sound mm. arrogant, but I think if all three of us miss it, it's probably not there. <laughs> <laughs> but we support we support the movement to we support, support women's sport. We support women's yes, sport. We support we just women's sport. <laughs> just not that particular name. <laughs> just not the naming bit. Yeah. But hey, they got everyone saying women's sport for a couple of days. So True. It was probably trending something. somewhere. That's something. Um, I think just because I'm conscious of our time, I just want to briefly talk about peeing in space. Because I don't know. <laughs> just really briefly. It was just a hilarious thread. It was a Twitter thread that um, I saw on Facebook. <laughs> Someone had posted the screenshots of it on Facebook. And it was all about how um, for a long time they basically thought they couldn't send women to space because we didn't have the technology for them to pee. That's right. Um, and <laughs> send someone to, yeah. to space. That technology is available. <laughs> but the peeing technology is not. And then it talks about the um, it talks about some of the early like they hadn't really even thought about peeing at all at first. This guy got up to space and he's like, "Oh God, I need to go." So he just he weed himself and he was just weeing himself in space. And then they were like, "I know what we can do. We'll make like a basically a, co- a condom that they could wear like a sheath and they can just wee into that." But they realized, you know, once they put it into action, they went into space with their sheaths on. The sheaths kept blowing off. <laughs> so they kept ended up just peeing in their suits. And then they realized that it's because the sheaths came in small, medium and large. And all the men said they needed a large. <laughs> wow. So they were just loosey-goosey. Oh. <laughs> And subsequently, That's... they renamed the sheaths Extra Large, Immense, and Unbelievable. <laughs> no. So they, were, they wouldn't have to feel bad about choosing the smallest size. I have a large penis, and I could win a point against Serena <laughs> Williams, is pretty much a definition of a man. 
But yeah, there's a whole bunch more. There's a whole bunch more. It's fantastic. The bit that stays with me is that if you poo in space with no gravity, you 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 have to snap it off yourself (laughs) with special gloves because it's the gravity that makes the poo leave. It would just follow you like a tail (laughs) and with no gravity. So that's the part of the story that I I have kept. You would be like a fish, Tina. Yeah, fish. Yeah, you always see that. That's right, don't fish you? swimming around <laughs> oh, with a poo yeah, yeah, out yeah. the back. Yeah. How embarrassing. Yeah. Not for me, thanks. I don't think I'll be an astronaut. Yeah. Also, <laughs> thank you, gravity. Thanks for sorting that out yeah. for us. Big respect to gravity. Should we quickly whip around our watch slash reads of the of the month? Yes. What yes, have you got? I've been I've been reading Marilyn Waring's update update of um, Counting for Nothing, which is called Still Counting, which is a great big middle finger to New Zealand Treasury for their suggested formula for measuring well being in New Zealand. So it's a serious read, and also alongside that, I read Past Caring, which is um, a collection of essays by uh, academics and. Um, uh, philosophers and anthropologists in New Zealand about the work that women do that we don't get paid for the caring yeah. work that we do and there's an amazing uh, there's a fantastic chapter in there about the New Zealand film industry and how women have been portrayed um, which really I don't have time to probably explain properly but we talk a lot about how the New Zealand film industry has had a recurring theme of man alone but it also, if you look at the kind of movies that we've made, uh, we also have a theme of mother alone. Mm-hmm. Um, women trying to uh, hold together families outside of the normal patriarchal constructs. Mm. And yeah, which was a revelation to me because as soon as you say that, you go, of course, yeah. that is mm. what we, you know, going up north and Smash Palace, uh, you know, the other half of Smash Palace is about a woman trying to survive a violent relationship and be with her child, hold the family together. It's millions of films. Yeah. Um, so we have a, because thank you, Gaylene Preston and Merita Mita, I guess, in lots of ways, you know, women who have made documentaries and films that really look at, um, yeah, uh, uh, how women survive outside of patriarchal mm. constructs. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that wasn't incredibly articulate, but pick the book up and have a look that at that chapter. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, it sounds cool. Yeah, it was really good. Really, really good. And I've been watching Funny As, the documentary oh, about yes. New Zealand comedy, which is great oh, on is, Sundays. Is she in it? Oh, this, the face here, yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The first episode was about women in comedy, and a lot of people were cool. going, "Why is the first episode about women?" And to which I said, "Why the fuck shouldn't it be?" Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Yes. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. I haven't watched any of that yet, but I'm keen. It's really keen good. It's, it's actually really good. I'm not saying that because my face turns yeah. up. It's <laughs> I'm learning heaps. It's fucking amazing. Love it. What about you, Leone? Um, I've been reading a book called Kill All Normies. Uh, it's about, like, uh, I think the subtitle's like Online Culture Wars. Uh, I do know it's Online Culture Wars from 4chan and Tumblr to Trump and the alt-right. So it's sort of like, a, it's written by a, a woman called Angela Nagel, or Nagel, who's an academic. Um, she's younger than I am, I guess. I hate is, that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's really interesting. It's sort of looking at, I, I haven't finished it, I'm about halfway through, but the one of the parts that I found most interesting was the direct correlation between Gamergate and the rise of the alt-right. Like I, I had just sort of assumed that they were basically just 
part of the same sort of terrible online culture that radicalizes young men into hateful beings. But she actually draws these really clear lines from Gamergate being something that radicalized young men into misogyny them becoming alt-righters. Oh, so it's so like it an actual catalyst. Point. Yeah, like a, a catalyst for the alt-right movement online. And uh, yeah. it's like a really inter- interesting look at... Um, so she talks about alt-right and alt-light. And the alt-light movement is more the people who think they're being ironic, uh, um, who are, they're not sort of in it to hurt anyone, even though the kinds of discussions that they're having and the rhetoric that they spout... Is like disgusting and harmful and awful, and sort of finding uh, where the alt light turned into the alt right, and people actually, women actually started being murdered mm. and raped and threatened and assaulted, and so yeah, it's it's super interesting. It doesn't just look at um, uh, Gamergate and, and the effect on on women and marginalised cultures, but it sort of talks about Trump and all that sort of mm. stuff as well. It's really really interesting. Good, yeah, yeah it sounds it's so good. fascinating. Good and terrible. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm reading also a book that is, uh, I don't even know if I want to say it's good. It's called Missoula, Rape and the Justice System in a College Town by John Krakauer. And it is like the most harrowing, upsetting, beautifully written, just shocking book I have ever read in my whole life about, it's sort of about kind of the college football team in a series it's all true it's like a just a big long non-fiction series of essays from this town and this place and just this completely broken system and all these women who have been left picking up the pieces within this kind of college campus rape culture of this horrible football team and a horrible drinking culture and a horrible horrible town <laughs> so it's not a light read <laughs> I'm, I'm slowly working my way through it I have to put it down often um, but it's some of the most powerful in terms of like the reporting and the writing is just like yeah it's like nothing else I've ever read before so I highly highly recommend that if that's something that you think you're up for reading because mm. it's not a walk at the park yeah yeah for the old brain but um yeah I think sometimes you just got to get in the zone and read yeah. it for 10 minutes and then go do something else. But I also wanted to talk very briefly, I know we have to go, about the Aziz Ansari comedy special on Netflix. Oh, have, have you not, watched it? I have not. I have not either. I just watched it out of curiosity. I don't, like, love Aziz Ansari that much. Um, and I wanted to see how he would address, you know, the mm. allegations that came out about him um, in the sort of post-Me Too wave of articles. And... I mean, at the very least, he he kind of front foots it right at the start of the special and kind of does one of those half apologies Uh (laughs) a little bit and then sort of does it in a very serious, like, whispering voice like this. Like, it feels very rehearsed. And it's it's all kind of fine. Up until that point, I was like, you know, good on you at least. He sort of seems to have learned lots from it um, and talks about it quite reflectively but then he goes on for like a 10 minute tirade about PC culture right after that and and um you know (laughs) like a very weird uh, what seems like an unlike him kind of point of view about online culture and like people (laughs) people being too and I was like oh so close (laughs) so close so yeah I just thought it was Kind of interesting. I didn't get all the way through it. After that, I was kind of like, oh, yeah. okay, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the right man. <laughs> you just would think that somebody like that who'd been accused of um, 
being sexually predatory might get a woman they trusted to have a really fucking close look at Mm. their next piece of work and offer some (laughs) advice. Like pay her, pay her to be a consultant. But get just get someone to look it over (laughs) would be a great idea. Just make sure a whole section doesn't just, you know, totally undermine the apology you just gave. Yeah. Just a thought. Oh well, he had a go. He had a go. Good on you, love. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, he'll be fine. That's the (laughs) other thing. Like he will continue to be rich and popular. Absolutely. It'll be just fine. (laughs) Exactly. What about the Kyoto Queenie of the month? We've got some other other women we'd like to give a boost before we go. No, I, I'm throwing all of my energy and weight behind Pania Newton and and right. yoga pants in general, but <laughs> particularly <laughs> Pania. Um, that is obviously my uh, that is obviously my Kelda Queenie, but I'm going to take Pania's own cue and actually my Kelda Queenie plural is. All the people out there who are making the sandwiches and driving the shuttle buses and cleaning the as toilets and doing all the work on the ground. And they're the people that are holding the movement out at Ihumato together. So you are all my kia ora queenies. Yes. Kia ora. Kia ora queenie. I was going to nominate mine, but it feels trite. Doesn't matter. Just tell us. <laughs> do it. Do it. We do love it. trite. Her name is Maura from Heartbreak Island. Not Heartbreak Island. Love Island. <laughs> Love, Love Island UK has wrapped up now, but Maura was an absolute hurricane. She's an Irish woman who had like, she was like incredibly sexually confident, had the filthiest mouth. Like sounds, if you imagine like Noelle McCarthy saying like the filthiest stuff. Oh, I can. That's Maura. <laughs> so unapologetic. She didn't take anybody's shit. All the fucking sleazy, cheating, filthy boys in that, in that house. She tore them to shreds every time. She backed up all the women in the house to the bitter end, even when they felt like they were going crazy. She was just a fucking revelation. And Maura Higgins, you didn't win, but you won in my heart. Kia ora, Maura. <laughs> I like her already. <laughs> and that's us for July. Thanks for sticking around. Sorry we went over time again. But just thanks. making up for missing out last just month. Just making up for, for lost time. Thank you to the Women's Bookshop for supporting us. Please go go buy a book from them. Say hi. Say on the rag sent you. Um, they make this podcast happen, so we're very... We love them. We love them very, very much. And thank you, Tina, our lovely producer, for recording Tina, this. Tina, Tina, Ballerina. Tina, Ballerina. Go watch it on the Rag Web series. Je, je, je. Go to all the things and wear your yoga pants while you're doing them. Yes. <laughs> all right, we'll see you next month. Bye. Kia ora e te iwi, te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.